We're going to Numbers chapter 6 and verse 22. It's also wonderful to have my mother-in-law here with us. Praise God. Though you guys are familiar with her, she comes often, but still good to have her when she is able to come and join with us. Numbers chapter 6 and starting at verse 22. It says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron and unto his sons, saying, On this wise ye shall bless the children of Israel. This is the blessing that you should speak over them. Today, this is the blessing I pray for each and every one of us. Verse 24, The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make His face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up His countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel, and I will bless them. Praise God. So two different verses there that I'd like to point out. The Lord bless thee and keep thee, uh, verse 25 and verse 26, rather, the Lord make His face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up His countenance upon thee and give thee peace. I feel wonderful presence of God here today. Hallelujah. I'm going to preach just for a little while on this topic, the countenance of God, the countenance of God. If we could go to the Lord in prayer, ask that he speak to us. He's already done such marvelous, wonderful things in this place, but we pray that he does even greater. Lord, we thank you, God, for the opportunity to be in your presence. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for pouring out the Holy Ghost upon us, Lord, and speaking to us and moving in our hearts and minds, Lord. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for already giving us word of encouragement, Lord God, and showing your love, your grace, and your favor. I pray, God, help me, Jesus to speak your will. Help me to do as you have called me to do today. Help me to say only what you want me to say, nothing more and nothing less, Lord God. We thank you, Jesus. I praise you, Lord God. I worship you, Lord Jesus. And I honor you today in your presence. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, Lord God. I praise you, Lord. Today, you get all the glory, Lord God. You get all the praise in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated. Praise God. I'm going to talk a few minutes about the countenance of God. For this is the marker to which God, the the marker of blessing, which God told Moses to Speak over the children of Israel. This specifically, that the countenance of God would be lifted in favor toward the children of Israel. Verse 25, it speaks specifically of that. It says that His face would shine upon thee. That phrase, that saying is face shine upon thee. We may look at it, you know, almost like a a holy shine or 
flow. But in actuality, what it means here is that the Lord would smile. That the Lord would smile toward you. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. That the Lord would look upon you and He would not have a scowl. He would not have a look of disappointment. He would not look upon you with shame. But that His face would hold a smile when He looked down upon you. Oh, I thank God today for His favor. And I thank God today. I don't know about you, but that seems to me to be the greatest blessing of all. That the Lord would smile at me and offer me His approval. Smiles are so important to us if we know it or not. In fact, I'm going to move this down a little bit. Maybe it'll click and clack a little less. Smiles, according to the experts, are the first building blocks of warm, loving, and responsive relationships. If you study the effects of smiles even on babies, the youngest of babies, when they first begin to see clearly enough with their eyes to notice facial expressions, they say a smile is one of the most important things you can do for your baby. It is teaching them a lot. It is showing them approval. It is helping them to build upon a relationship with you and that baby. It is one of the first markers of knowing that they've done right, that they've done what they're supposed to do. They learn approval through their smile. They learn through the smile of their parent. They learn the happiness through the smile of their parent. It invites them into the world, not with the the fact that there's a lot of danger out there and a lot of harshness out there and depression out there and a lot of things that could harm them and hurt them. And, you know, they don't worry about any of that when they're first introduced to the smile of a loving mother or a loving father it assures them I can face this world I can see what this world is all about oh if only we could recognize the smile of God here today it wouldn't matter what we're going through or what we face out in this world we would be assured as long as I've got the smile of God every Everything is going to be all right. As long as I've got the smile of God, I know nothing shall harm me or hurt me. Oh, to have the countenance of God look favorably upon me and upon you. Praise God. For God's countenance is directly related to His love, His grace, and His faithful care. This statement that His face would shine upon the the desire, the prayer even for the children of Israel that God would look upon them favorably. The idea is that God would have an approving smile over who they are and what they've done. Let me remind you here today that God absolutely is pleased with creation. Now let me clarify that. He's pleased with creation. I'm not saying He's pleased with what we've done with it. 
But he is absolutely pleased with creation. I know you know the story of creation. Every day after God had created something, had done something new in the earth, in the atmosphere, created the sun and the moon, the light and the darkness, the animals which exist on the earth every day, he would look back and the Bible said that he would see that it was good. He looked upon the earth with approval. He looked upon the earth with satisfaction you can almost see in your mind's eye as he looked upon the earth a smile cracking on his face oh praise god hallelujah little smile cracking on his face as he looked over the earth and let me also remind you he had the same smile when he created mankind and he created man and women and I know we often look at men and women and look at ourselves and talk about how wretched we are and how harmful we are how that there's nothing good in this flesh and there's nothing good in this world But let me remind you, God said it was good. God looked upon mankind with approval. In fact, not only did he look upon it and say it was good or recognize that it was good. After he had created man, the Bible says in verse 31 of Genesis 1 that God saw everything he had made and behold, it was very good. Oh, praise God. Praise God. It was very good. How could he look upon the earth knowing what it would become and still say it was very good? Well, I can tell you there's a little bit of a marker, a little bit of an understanding In Psalms 139 and 14, as again, we talk about the creation of mankind. I know I'm going quickly. It's because I have quite a bit to cover today. But it says, I will praise thee, O God, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance, meaning my body, the intricate details of my form was not hid from thee when I was made in secret or in the curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth meaning the dust of the ground thine eyes did see my substance my body who I was yet being unperfect and in thy book all my members were written down which in continuous were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are the thoughts, thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee because I know that you created me and you put a stamp of approval on me even in my imperfection even in my lacking even when I knew I was not going to be a perfect specimen you still recognize I am good oh praise God oh 
Oh, and you look down upon me. Oh, how precious are your thoughts unto me. How special, how unique is your countenance toward me. And the great sum of the thoughts that you put in to who I am. Now, why am I saying all this? It's because I want to remind you that you are good even if you've done wrong and even if you've done bad. Hallelujah, I think, much like the birthing of my first and second child, the first time I hold, held little William, the second time it was at a different hospital, I didn't like him. <laughs> so I, uh, I hope next time, if there is a next time, praise God, I got I to get off of that. I'm going to speak something into existence that should not be. Praise God. But the first time... The doctors were so kind. My wife had to have a C-section. I was there in the operating room at the very front with her. Her and I are talking. They have them, you know, her up with such pain medicine and all that stuff. She was awake and aware and was able to talk to me and do all that. And I remember hearing that first cry from my son when he came out. And they came over, and after wiping him down a bit, they said, Dad, would you like to hold him? And I was nervous. <laughs> I was scared, but I said, yes, I'd like to hold him. I'll never forget that moment when they put that baby in my arms, and I looked at him, with, and I could see such perfection. I remember claiming over him, I am your daddy. I'm going to be there for you every day of your life. I'm going to protect you and care for you. I said this with tears streaming down my face. We have any fathers in the house who know that feeling. Hallelujah. When you first hold your child and you recognize how precious they are. At that moment, I was not thinking of all the times my son was going to disobey me. At that moment, I was not thinking of all the mess he's going to get in that hopefully I'll be able to help him through. At that time, I didn't consider the tears that I may cry later on for it for his behalf. All I could see was the perfection of this wonderful baby that came from his mother and I. And I feel like that's how God looks upon us. He sees the perfection of his creation and he does not focus on all of the negative things that we will do and the sins that we will commit and the failures that we will make and the weaknesses we will ultimately have. He looks on us being unperfect, but he says, I love you anyhow. And he says, I approve of you anyhow. And he says, I'm going to be there for you anyhow. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to care for you. I'm going to provide for you. I don't deserve it, God. It doesn't matter. You're my son. You're my daughter. And I can't help but to look upon you with approving eyes. Oh, can we worship our Father? Can we worship our Father today? Oh, oh Jesus, Jesus. But I also recognize today that there are some in this house you don't have my experiences. You don't know. You haven't felt the way I felt with a father's love, like 
I've been blessed to have in my life. Some have been without a father. Maybe you grew up without a father. Maybe you grew up without a mother. Obviously, God is much more than just a father figure. He also represents a mother figure and all that in, in God. Hallelujah. But maybe you did not have that sense of love and approval from your parents. And sometimes we carry that into our walk with God, where we begin to look at God as, and, and we, we formulate our opinion of what God thinks of us based on what our parents thought of us or what other people think of us. We begin to mold him into that image. My father didn't show me approval. He was harsh. I'm not saying my father was. I'm saying maybe this is your mindset. He was harsh. He was disapproving. Just seemed like he waited until I'd mess up. The only time I got attention from him was when I failed was when I did something I wasn't supposed to. There may be even people in this house, though unknowingly or maybe knowingly, as a child you stepped out just to get your parents' attention. You said things just to get your parents' attention. You did things just to get their attention. Desperately trying to win over their approval, and sadly, they only gave it. They only gave your, their attention to you or gave you your, their attention when something horrible happened. So it was okay if you failed. It was okay if you messed up because you finally got what you desired, attention. But I'm so thankful that the th- sum of his thoughts are so great. And he has never stopped looking upon us with approving eyes. And we've never had to step outside of goodness and holiness in order to win his approval. At the very base of his understanding of you and me, he says, they are good. They are good. I love them. I approve of them. I desire good things for them. Oh, I'm here to preach to somebody today that God loves you. That God cares about you. And it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how you failed. It doesn't matter how you've messed up. His face is shining upon you. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And though I don't want to be misunderstood, I'm not claiming that God approves of our sin and our wickedness. There are many, many scriptures, and we'll see them, that, that show us that the favor of God comes when we are humble, good, Caring, loving, holy men and women of God. Hallelujah. And yes, absolutely, the base of God is that He loves you no matter what. Hallelujah. And He cares for you no matter what. And uh, He approves of you as a person and an individual no matter what. However, that does not mean that He approves of the actions you may commit. 
And in this place, I'm looking around, I see all parents. I don't think we have anyone who's not a parent in this house. And you know that you can love your kid and want to smack them at the same time. (laughs) Praise God. Maybe I should have used different choice of words there. I don't know. (laughs) Hallelujah. But you know that you can love your kid and yet still disapprove of their actions. Is this, is this fair? Can we look at God with a realistic lens and say, you know what, God doesn't always approve of what I do. But that doesn't mean He disapproves of who I am as a person. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. And can I tell you, the church has to adopt that same mindset. Hallelujah. It's the same thing out in this world. There's people who think the church hates individuals who sin. Can we call sin, sin? Hallelujah. They hate when we, they say that we hate people who choose to live by a homosexual lifestyle or or people who choose to live in a, an adulterous lifestyle or choose to do this or choose to do that. Can I tell you, we got to have the same mindset of God. I don't hate that individual. I approve of the person. I just disapprove of the action. I love the person. I do not love the... That's how God looks on us. He loves you. You'll never sin enough to make him stop loving you you'll never sin enough to make him disapprove of who you are he just doesn't approve of what you've done but you can still walk into the love of God and know he'll be gracious and merciful unto you Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 2 let's look at some scripture a good man obtaineth favor of the Lord But a man of wicked devices will he condemn. Proverbs 11.27 He that diligently seeketh good procureth favor. Look at this though. But he that seeketh mischief it shall come unto him. See, in our, in our, our wrong way of thinking... People, you've heard it. People have probably said to you, they've said it to me. Well, I believe God loves me anyhow. Absolutely God loves you. But does it mean that he doesn't approve of it? Or that he does approve of it, rather, of your sin? You see, this is the fact. It's It's not, you know, something that I'm giving you. This is scripture. It says, he that seeketh mischief, he's going to get, he or she's going to get what they seek after. You seek after sin, you're going to get the repercussions and the results of sin. In other words, as the Bible says, God is not mocked. For that which we sow, we will also reap. Proverbs 14 and 9. Fools make a mock at sin, but among the righteous there is favor. I want the favor of God. I want the favor of God. Hallelujah. I want the approval of God, not over just what I am, but who I am and what I've done. But fools make a mockery out of God. Galatians 6 and 7. Be not deceived. 
God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And then we come to the verse of Scripture we read last week. And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. In other words, listen, today things not be going your way but you keep doing what's good and you keep doing what's right and you keep working in the ministry hallelujah because if it's true on the other end it's true on the positive end hallelujah if we reap what we sow and when we sow sin and fleshly things carnal things we we will reap carnality we will reap corruption but if that's true it's also true on the other end if I sow in the spirit if I sow in my walk with God if I so in the ministry if I do what God's called me to do then I will reap a blessed life I will reap the favor of God I will reap a positive countenance of God I will reap a smile I will reap approval because I am I'm doing what I'm supposed to do praise God Psalms 37 and 23 The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he delighteth in his way. I always thought, you know, it's saying the good man delights in the way of the Lord. That's not what it says. Rather, it says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And the Lord delighteth in the good man's way. The Lord approves of it. The Lord blesses it. The Lord gives favor. The Lord gives blessing. Oh, hallelujah. Can I preach to you for a moment? I want the blessings of God. That means I need to order my steps in the Lord. I need to do what is good and what is right. I need to live a life of holiness unto the Lord. And a life that is approving of God. And He will delight in my way. He'll smile. He'll smile. He'll smile. His countenance will be toward me. And look at the results. Verse 24. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand hallelujah he's saying that even though a good man will fall the Lord will not cast him down because he has the approval and the love I'm not talking about we gotta be perfect I'm just simply saying if I live my life the way he wants to to the best of my ability I'll get the favor of God and even when I do fail and even when I do mess up. He's not going to let go of me. He's going to uphold me like a father or a mother when their son or their daughter fails and messes up. Hallelujah. It doesn't mean that they approve of it because they try to help them out or try to work with them or try to teach them. Hallelujah. It's because They love this son and their daughter. And they said, I'm not going to let you go that easily. 
I want to appeal to some of the hearts of a mom and a dad here and help to remind you that's how God feels about us. Though he fall, though he mess up, though our child may do something wrong, we still love them and we try to protect them from the repercussions of their actions. I recognize some parents go too far. I recognize some parents, they've got to just let their children face the repercussion of their actions. And I also recognize God does the same. But let me be clear. God loves you. Can I be frank with you today? I've messed up more than you know. I've messed up more than anybody knows. Can I be frank? I've messed up more. But nobody knew about it. Because for some reason, God blocked it. And God protected it. And God blessed me. And he helped me to get through it without it being a marker on my name without it becoming a big thing, without it becoming this or that. I'm not saying I'm out there murdering or anything like that. Hallelujah. And I'm talking more about in the beginning of my ministry. But, uh, but hallelujah, I am telling you that when you have the favor of God, even when you mess up, he's a father that loves you and says, I'm not going to let this become who you are. I'm not going to let your whole spiritual walk with God and life fail Because of this one mistake. He doesn't do it. Because he loves you. Everybody say he loves me. Because he loves you. Because he loves you. Because he loves you. In verse 25 of Psalms 37 it also says. Going back to the delighting in our way. Says I have been young. And now I am old, yet I've not seen the righteous forsaken. Probably should have been a time or two. God probably should have walked away a time or two. There's probably a couple times when God should have just given up on me. God should have just looked at me and said, it's hopeless. God should have looked at me and said, just forget it. Let him find his own path. He's so determined doing it himself. (laughs) Oh, but he's never forsaken me. Nor his seed begging bread. He's always provided for me. Even in my sin, he's done so. Let me also say, even in your sins, even in your failures, he's done so. Even in your failures, your sins, your mistakes, God's made a way for you. He's made a way for you. For when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Even when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I don't know how a God, maybe at the beginning he approved, maybe at the beginning he could look at us with such favor, but after all the mistakes, after all the failures, after all the times I've cursed him and I've said I don't believe in him and I've done this and I've done that, after all of that, 
God would robe himself in flesh and come upon the earth and would die on the cross for you and me. 2 Corinthians 4, 6, it says, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Today, you may ask, how do I know God's smiling on me? How may I know that God's countenance is for me? How can I know that God, he still approves of me as an individual? Well, just look at the face of Jesus Christ. And know that nonetheless, he died for you. Because he still approves of you and he still loves you and he still cares for you. And he still has hope for you. Hallelujah, you're here today and I feel Jesus is calling out to somebody today and saying it doesn't matter what you've done and it doesn't matter where you've been and it doesn't matter the mistakes you've made. Just look upon the face of Jesus Christ and know that even when you were a sinner, I died on the cross for you. Even when you were a failure, I gave it all up for you because I still believed in you and I still approved of you and my face still shined up upon you. My countenance was good toward you. Oh, somebody hear me today. Jesus is the smile of God. Jesus represents the positive countenance of God when he looks down upon us. That is the countenance, the favor, the smile of God. And how do I no. How do I know he still approves of me? I mean, look at what I'm going through. Look at what I've seen the last month, two months, year. Why didn't he block me? Why didn't he protect me from this pain that I felt? Why didn't he protect me from the hardship, the loss? Why didn't he do any of that? If he really approves of me, if he's really there for me, and it's just, let's be honest, not as positive as I may be painting the picture of today. Well, pastor, I don't understand that then. Well, the Bible tells me in Psalms or Proverbs 3 and 11, it says, My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction, for whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth. Even as a father, a son in whom he delighteth. Well, certainly, 
if he's punishing me or if I've fallen into this or fallen into that, if, if I'm, I'm running under hard times, certainly that means God does not approve of me anymore. He says, no, even as the father to the son that he delights in. God wouldn't punish you if he didn't love you. This is you wouldn't have punished your child if you didn't love them and want the best for them. Oh, come on, I know this is getting deep here and this is heavy stuff, hallelujah, but oh, come on, can we be real today, hallelujah. You had to be straight with your son or your daughter. You had to, at times, you had to do things that were hard for you to do. It was hard for you to do, but you loved your child so much you wanted them to grow up with understanding of how life works. You wanted them to grow up being able to communicate with human beings and and be able to have a good attitude. And you wanted them to grow up knowing right from wrong. So yes, you had to at times chasten your son or your daughter. You had to correct them even though they did not like it and they cried and they ran away. Let me tell you, sometimes God still has to take out that that belt. Hallelujah. Sometimes He still has to come and, and to be honest with us and straight with us and allow us to fall into our pain and fall into our mistakes. Sometimes he does it. Why? It's not because he doesn't still love you or he doesn't still delight in you. It's because he knows that it's better on the other end than it would be if he let you remain where you are right now. He's not forgotten you. He did not that he doesn't love you. It's not that he doesn't delight in you. He delights in you. That's why he's letting it happen. Can I tell somebody who's going through something today? I'm going to tell you. I'm going to remind you. Maybe you've heard it a million times. Maybe it's it's fallen down deaf ears. You've become numb to this point. But please open up your heart just a little and hear me today. He still loves you. And he still approves of you. And he still delights in you. You just hold on and let the door do what he wants to do. Because you're going to come. I'm out the other side better than how you went in. Hebrews 12 and 5. I'm almost finished. Hebrews 12 and 5. Hebrews 12 and 5. And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. He scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye a childless or a fatherless son. You're not a son at all. Oh, God. That's, that's amazing to me. That means 
the very chastisement itself is a sign that he still loves us. And he's still with us. Oh, Jesus. Verse 9. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh. And this is where, again, we can draw back to maybe some of our negative childhood experiences. We've had fathers of our flesh which corrected us and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure. Now today this is not going to sound good. This sermon's not going to be helpful for some. Because some of you, you had fathers, mothers who went overboard. Some of us have fathers and mothers. That chastening was not a good thing. They overdid it. They did it out of their own pleasure and not for your benefit. But can I tell you, that's not what God does. God takes no joy out of our pain. God takes no joy out of our hurting and our hunger. God takes no joy out of it. And I know that's a silly saying, this hurts me more than it hurts you, but I believe, hallelujah, it absolutely did. And he was willing to prove that when he was willing to do what you and I didn't want to do. And that was dying on the cross for you and I. He could literally say, this hurt me more than it hurts you. Hallelujah. Verse 10, For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous. It's hard to see that in the middle of it. It's hard to recognize that when you're in, in the middle of it. It's grievous when you're in the middle of it. But nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. So yes, countenance. His countenance can be approving toward us while we still are being chastised. But there's also another promise today in Psalms 30 and 5. Hallelujah. Psalms 30 and 5. For his anger endureth but a moment. In his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God, you're not going to stay there. 
Don't build, don't build a, a, a tomb there. No, hallelujah. He says, no, I might have a moment of, of chastisement, a moment of punishment. It's not going to last forever. Just hold on. For joy is coming. The morning's on its way. I'm going to come back with joy, peace, and the fruits of righteousness. Hallelujah. And you're going to be better off on the other side. If we could stand today. This is what I know. I can't speak to every situation or every person on an individual level, but what I know is God at the beginning and at the core of who we are as human beings, God approves of us. And God, His countenance on who we are just as an individual, He delighteth in, but but I also know I got to work to gain his favor. I got to be who he's called me to be. I've got I've to do the works that he's called me to do in this world. And I know a lot of bad things might happen to me and a lot of negative things that doesn't seem like it's from God, but ultimately it's because God wants to take the creation that he loves and turn them into the person that he approves of. Because when it's all said and done, it doesn't matter when I get to heaven how many friends I had, and it doesn't matter when I get to heaven how much money I have. It doesn't matter how much possessions I have or what good of a job I have doesn't matter necessarily even how big of a church we've got or how great we are at this or at that. At that moment, all that's going to matter is hearing those words. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done. Listen, if you can get in that last moment, that that beginning of eternity, by ending of this life, the final words of approval from God, the countenance of a good disposition from the Lord, then nothing else will matter. It won't matter what we've endured in this life when He says, well done. It doesn't matter what hardships we've got when he says, well done. When he looks upon us with that approving smile. What else matters? Oh, hallelujah. I want to open up this altar call. And I want to invite some people to come down that says, you know what? I've had a hard time as of late. And God, you've really been putting me through it. But I still trust you. And I still believe in you. Maybe today you're here and you're saying, I've got a lot of sin and weaknesses and failures in my past. Things that I've done that I know God.
did not approve of. But you recognize that he loves you anyways. And his grace is for you and he died on the cross for you. I want you to come down. Oh, if you just generally want to hear those words. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done, you've been faithful in a little. I will make you ruler over a lot. Well done, you've taken the pain. You've taken the punishment. And you didn't lose your faith over it. Well done. I approve not just of you, but of who you are. Well done. Oh, come on. We want to invite everybody to come down to this.